Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So, Brad, I don't think we have any follow-up this week. Again. Dang it! I know I forgot to do something. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. More importantly, I'm now looking at the show notes for this episode. I am noticing a severe lack of mini-evan discussion. None at all. Dang it. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so the follow-up is there is no follow-up. So does that mean we're going to talk about like new things? We can we can yeah. finally get some of this stuff. Hey, hey, you want to talk about that Pandora preview during the Christmas parade? I mean, that was pretty awesome. Let's get it started. Let's do it. <laughs> Just kidding. No, let's not because that is dumb now. Okay, so if we're not going to talk <laughs> about that, then what are we going to talk about? So there's a rumor that at the All-Star Music and Movies Resorts, they are going to add a table service restaurant. Because when I think value resort, I think table service. I mean, <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. But everybody has the Disney dining plan now. So table service makes complete sense, right? Right. That's what they're banking on. So I, I found this one interesting because, uh, you know, dub to dub NT will, is who we're linking to in the show notes with this article, a couple of different places did cover it but um in their article they said uh you know they they're talking about all three all-star resorts would be moreover basically disney is planning on increasing occupancy so therefore the the counter service options are going to get busier the quick service options will get busier so disney is considering adding a table service option to somehow uh, cut down on that and, you know, they mentioned that it would be for all three, but then they say it's going to be in the parking lot or it would take the place of the parking lot between the all-star music and the all-star movies, which basically if you, so if you go down uh, Buena Vista Drive, essentially you have sports followed by music followed by movies. So if, if you're staying at sports, there's no way you're going to want to make that hike, right? Yeah, I mean, because then it's it's between the like I could yeah. see I could see saying it's a it's a table service for music and for movies, but I I feel like it's I feel like you're really pushing it to say that it's it's one for all three of them, you know? Yeah, You'd I feel be, like I feel like they could get away with saying that it services all three. Like this is the all star uh, restaurant. You know, and just like call it that and just say, you know, this thing is supposed to serve all three, period. That's it. And not really call attention to the fact that sports is so far away. Right. Yeah, they'll, tell, they'll tell you that sports has a table service restaurant when you make your reservation, you know, and you'll be like, oh, it's the all-star buffet. And, right. And I can make my reservation there and I'm staying at all-star sports. And then you'll get there and be like, okay, so where do I go for that buffet? Well, so... You see that you see the the trail that goes between the two mountains over there. Once you make it to the other side of that, here take a water bottle because you're gonna need it. Then you'll get to your buffet. Though on the plus side, I mean, you know, one thing that's kind of concerning about going to Disney is maybe you just don't get enough walking in. So so you'll have an opportunity <laughs> to actually be able to walk a little bit. Uh, and 
Now it's it's worth noting that this this is definitely in the the beginning uh beginning stages. You know, it's not like yeah. we've seen any any construction permits filed anything like that. It's just Disney is seriously looking at this according to sources. But I still find it interesting again because currently none of the value resorts have a table service option at least to my well I kind of because I feel like Disney puts uh, Fort Wilderness, the campsites at Fort Wilderness as a value resort. And you do have what Hoop-de-doo Review. Is that at Fort Wilderness? I think so. But I mean, that's kind of its own thing, too, because those are actual like campsites. Yeah, but OK, but here's my question. How far is it from the campsites to the Hoop-de-doo Review compared to All-Star Sports? To the to the possible location of this new, yeah, I guess so. Thing, you know, uh, you, yeah. So. But I'm wondering though, with the whole like value resorts not having table service, um, you know, they've been redoing all the moderates, uh, and we talked about that with the like, you know, modern design. I guess that was a value though. That was Pop Century that they redid. Yes. Huh? And then they've also gone and done Coronado or Caribbean Beach. I think Coronado Springs. In the same kind of style, and I'm right. Wondering, so they've done a moderate and a value in similar styles, right? And I'm wondering if they're just trying to maintain the ratio, the pricing ratios between value, moderate, and deluxe, but they're all coming up. You that, know what I see, mean? Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing at all. And actually, so hoopty doo, but I also forgot Trails End is also over there for Fort Wilderness, and that is a, that is ostensibly a uh table service dining mm. so because you know hoopty doo is technically a it's a dinner show more so than a uh than a table service restaurant but trails end is definitively a table service and in fact it's a buffet as well so i guess there is um there, there is an example of this happening before, though, again, Fort Wilderness Resort is kind of this weird thing where there is a value. There is the, you know, they put the uh, they put the cabins there into the moderate category. So it kind of straddles that whole thing anyway. Right. So it's yeah, it's not a it's not a hard value, but I guess. So here's my other question. What kind of restaurant goes there? What does this what does this buffet serve? Chicken tenders. Like, it's got to just be something that kids want. Maybe have pizza. Make it like a, a a college dining hall, you know, and just have a little bit of everything. But everything's super easy and and cheap, you know? But see, that's the that's the problem is even if they make it super cheap, it's still not going to be cheap because it's a... It's a buffet at Disney, and if it's not cheap enough, then if you give me burgers, hot dogs, and pizza, I'm going to be pretty disappointed uh, that I don't have some 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 options that qualify for the price that you're going to be charging me. You know, like are you going to make it cheaper than say uh, a Chef Mickey's or a Trails End, or are you going to put some other because you know that was my first thought as well is okay so this is going to be hamburgers hot dogs and pizza 
like the the very standard fare. But again, that's just to some extent that's kind of boring, I think. Well, yeah, but the value resorts are typically for families. And when I say cheap, I mean cheap in relation to, you know, the other things that are there. So if you're looking at, you know, Cape May is a is a buffet, but it's very expensive. You know, like it's like 40 bucks a person. But and then Chef Mickey's, I'm, I don't know off the top of my head how much that is, but it's cheaper well, than that. It's Chef Mickey's is more expensive, but Chef Mickey's is expensive because it's character dining. Right. But what I'm all I'm saying is like you 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 gotta you gotta know your audience and play to your audience and i think the audience of the value resorts is parents with children usually um or cheapskates like brad well yeah and there's there's tons of people who just don't care about um their hotel and they they won't care anyway but i i just feel like putting something that's kid friendly as a table service restaurant and maybe they'll put some characters maybe they'll get some you know b or c level characters that they can put in there um but having a having a like golden corral i think that would be a good a good uh you know facsimile you put something in there like golden corral have some mac and cheese have some chicken tenders you know corn nuggets some fried shrimp like just stuff like that that's easy and is relatively kid friendly um, that's on the property of your resort that you could, you know, walk to. Um, I think that is very valuable to people with kids. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the, the trails end menu and honestly, they could just copy that for me because, you know, it's got, uh, your, your pasta, your pizza slices, but then it's also got like fried chicken, smoked pork ribs, pill and eat shrimp, chili. But, you know, again, things like chili and smoked pork ribs, I think that that belongs at Trails End. I don't know that. And, yeah, I guess maybe the hamburgers and hot dogs. I don't know. I, I just I want at least like one or two things that make me feel like I'm not just getting a a repackaging of a of a quick service meal, you know. And, and again, I'm not saying I please, please recognize that we're talking about a rumor. We're just we're just talking it out. I'm not saying that Disney's not capable of doing that. I'm just trying to figure out what is the what's the hook for this place. You know, the hook for Trails End is it's it's you know the rustic, and so that's why we've got things like chili and smoked pork ribs. What's the what's the hook going to be for you know the All Star Buffet? Uh, I just think the hook is it's. It's food that every, you know, it's food that, that most people like, and it's a buffet, and it, you know, quote, serves three different hotels. I think that's, that's as much hook as they would need. So, so since, it is, since it is the all-star, uh, you know, buffet or whatever, T, TBD on the actual name, but we'll, we'll call it all-star buffet for now. Uh, what about if they did stuff like, you know, Lady and the Tramp spaghetti and uh, New Orleans jazz jambalaya and I, you know, I don't know Babe Ruth hot dogs or something. You know, yeah, I don't know if you would necessarily need that for a buffet style, but oh come on, man, let's let's uh, we're at Disney, we're not at Golden Corral. Yeah, uh, no, I know, I have a little fun. I know, I know, but 
Yeah, I mean, they could do that. They could they could make it, you know, like music related, like you're saying, or movie related, or sport related, and have a, bu- a whole bunch of different fun names like that. But um, I really don't think, you know, other other than having fun food names and saying, you know, this is a family friendly place that serves these three hotels. I I don't think they need much more of a hook than that. I would eat there if I was it if I was at Disney. And I was tired, and it was like, you know, we had a resort day or whatever, and we were coming back, and we just wanted a quick meal to then go back and, like, just then go why to bed earlier or whatever. But why wouldn't you go to the counter service then? Or why, why wouldn't you do quick service at that point? I don't know, because a buffet has more options. And it's, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, why do people go to Golden Corral instead of just going to, you know, like, a McDonald's or, or, you know, somewhere else. It just depends on what you're in the mood for. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. Well, we'll, we'll see because again, you know, this is, this is in the, you know, really early stage rumor. So it's also possible that this was something random that somebody threw out during a meeting and nothing will ever come out of it at all. (laughs) (laughs) And this will, this will be the first and last that we ever hear of it, but we'll keep our ears to the ground. Uh, and you know, when we hear something else about it, I'm sure we can do some follow up about it Hey, because you know, we never, we never have any follow up. So, Hey, follow up's good. Follow up's a good thing. That's right. Hey, now let's talk about those ugly trams. Okay. Okay. Let, (laughs) let me just ask you, could you clarify which trams are the ugly trams? Because Disney is, Disney has been repainting their trams. What, are you saying the new paint job is ugly or are you saying the old paint job is ugly? I okay, so I am saying that the new paint job is less aesthetically pleasing than the old paint job. And I'm saying that your opinion is completely wrong and you should feel bad for having it. I think that the new logo and the new typeface on them is better, but I like the purple and white color scheme more than this like highlighter color scheme. Right. So so they they are repainting them and so one question I do have is, you know, we've got a picture of one of these one of these trams and the one in question is green uh with a yeah, like a lime highlighter green with a white stripe followed by a gray stripe that says Walt Disney World uh, courtesy tram. It's got the uh, the D with the with the globe Mickey in it. Transport. It's much better if you just look in the show notes, click on the link. You can take a look at this picture. Um, but that is in comparison to again the the old purple and white scheme, which is also the scheme for the buses, or was the scheme for the buses? Right. Uh, you know, with the uh, Disney, uh, what, uh, signature low signature font, I guess. Yeah. Disney the, transport. Like the Disney animation looking thing. Right. So that's the old, the new is this green. So first of all, I'm wondering, are there multiple colors, right? Like the green tram, the red yes. tram, the, okay. I, there would have to be, um, because why else would they write green on the side? Yes. Okay. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. So that was one assumption that I was working on, which means that there's going to be some way of demarcating the trams, which could be helpful for people if they, you know, if they start having, you know, like maybe an express tram that goes to the second half of the park. 
it's been forever since I've ridden a tram. Uh, so that may already be how they do that. And maybe this is just a better way of, of showing you that. But I don't think that they're all green by default. Uh, but for me, I much prefer the the clean Walt Disney World courtesy tram at the bottom. And I'm and I always love that D with the with the globe Mickey logo. I so, totally agree about the Walt Disney World uh, courtesy tram and the D logo with the globe Mickey in it. I totally agree that that is better. That the uh, signature font and the transport, you know, like the old one. That feels 90s now. Yeah, and I, do, I don't like that aesthetically. What I do wish they'd done is kept the white and purple and just made that the color scheme and left the new gray uh, typeface and logo on because I think that gray on white would look really good with a purple stripe or a purple design or something running lengthwise on it. So the moral so, of the story is you just need to get on the purple tram and then you're going you're gonna to love it. Yeah, I mean, if they have a purple tram, that'll be my favorite. So there's really, so you really have no problem with it. No, I don't. I just don't like. I think the color is ugly, and I hesitate or I worry about what other colors. Because if they're going with this very like vibrant color scheme, there are green looks okay and yellow looks okay, but. When you start getting into darker, like blue and purple, even like trying to make them vibrant and highlightery, and even to use like a darker hue and a lighter hue in the same in the same thing, those start to get a little less pleasing. They start to to blend together a little bit and look bad. So I just wonder if this is if this is just a color scheme or if this is like a whole aesthetic treatment that they're doing to the trams. So here's the thing. I'm I'm going to include not just not just the green in the show notes, but let's also include a link to the red, which I think looks awesome. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at the red now. The and, red. And in your defense, I just I actually just messaged you right. A a a picture of the red. So you didn't have this to go on before before we started recording, but looking at the red, now now tell me what you think about it. The red looks better, um, but it looks like it looks like a, a weird baby uh, fire truck, almost. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. It looks like a like a like a fire truck front on on some kind of weird car. And these vehicles are very strange. I mean, the driver sits very far ahead of the front wheels. Well, like they're it, they're really weird looking. But it's not a car. It's a it's a tug. So I yeah, mean, no, no, I know. Yeah. I just like it. It throws off the like my vehicular your radar. Brain, your a brain bit. says that car looks wrong. Yeah, there's there are so many things wrong with that car. Yeah, and I a, I do I do think the red looks better, but <laughs> it does make it look a little like a fire truck to me. Well, according to Blog Mickey, they are also quieter, which I think is huge. Because those things are redonkulously loud. Yeah. Um, and, and right now... I know, now, they're at Space Center Houston, too. And if you get in the first, like, few cars on the tram when you're doing the tour, it's just... It's awful. Yeah, you're not... All you're going to hear... Yeah. 
you're not actually going to hear where you're stopping. You better be able to recognize where your vehicle is, right? And and pray that it just stops and that you know door opens or whatever, because that's the only way you're going to know to get out. So right. yeah, quieter. And uh, according to Blog Mickey, currently only at the Animal Kingdom, but to me, this looks like the future. You yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. So then, my next question is: Is this evidence of a larger transportation? Uh, redo. Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, you talk about like they're going to redo the buses too. Well, because they, because they have recently redone the buses though, right? Because they went with that new, gosh, it's like gray with like, with, with like the red bottom and stuff to it. Yeah. Cause but- they, cause they used to have the big, again, the big signature with the purple transport on it right you know but not to yellow. bring the buses in line with this like colored different colors mean different things or, or maybe they don't maybe they're just like for fun but different colors and stuff i don't think they're going to bring buses in line with that so well much. and and the colors may just be as simple as you know on the, the back end keeping in. well or even the back end keeping track you know yeah, like yeah which which trams do we have running okay bob is Bob is driving red, Sue is driving green, you know, that sort of a thing, and being able to recognize who's coming well before they get there, kind of like with, uh, with the monorails, you know? Mm-hmm. The monorail yeah. colors really make no difference to us as passengers, but they, you know, they are helpful for transportation, I think, to some extent. So, right. I, and no, so I you, guess, can, you can do the color thing when there's not that many of the vehicle. Right. Like with trams and monorails. But when you get into buses and the Skyliner, you know, gondolas and stuff, I don't. I mean, it doesn't make much sense just ex- other than aesthetic reasons to to do that. Well, and, and so I'm not really talking about the the colors. Mm-hmm. I'm talking more about the, again, the logo look is now very uh, inconsistent. Let's let's call it that. Yeah. Because again, you've got signature font on the buses. People uh, I'm impressed if you're still listening to us because we really are rambling on quite a bit about but it uh, but it it's interesting to me because the the buses and the trams used to at least have consistency with one another, right? And now you've got the buses were redone. Uh it looks like uh gosh, I'm looking Looks like maybe 2013 is when I see pictures of those gray bus. Which, my goodness, because I still see the old, uh, the the you know the old purple Disney signature buses. At mm-hmm. least I feel like I saw a couple of those my, on my last trip. Mm-hmm. You know, so what? Four years later, there are still these buses in in use. Right. Uh, so I'm guessing the buses they they were redoing them as they got new ones, maybe or something. And the old ones, they were just like, well, when they crap out and we have to get new ones, we'll get more of the new design. Uh, but so there, so there was at least up until 2013, some consistency between your trams and your buses. Then the buses changed and the trams were still sitting, but there were still plenty of buses with that old scheme. Now that the trams have changed scheme, I'm just wondering, are we going to see even more new buses? They're going to come out with a uh, not color scheme. But just general, like it's a totally different font in use. You've got that D with the globe Mickey. Like, is that going to? Are we going to start seeing that aesthetic applied to the buses? Is kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, but I think you could. I mean, they could do that to the existing ones. 
not oh, the they... not the uh, purple, you know, and white signature ones, but I mean that's just that's just livery. That's stickers. So yeah, I think they they I think could, they... but they haven't done it yet. I mean, but again, they haven't done it at the purple and white signature ones yet. So you know, and that's they had four years to do that. So right. my my thought is we'll start to see if we see new bus designs, it will trickle in. But I kind of want to see new bus designs based on this because again, to me, this uh, this new design looks a lot cleaner i think it de- than, it, it definitely does than what the than when the, what the old signature did so i'm i'm pumped about it i like it a lot you just have a problem with colors because <laughs> you're cranky about it so whatever <laughs> and you know who really who really cares what you think because what i think is really what's important i mean yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you're the you're the thinking man that's right that's right I, that's why i get paid the big bucks in this podcast all right, I think we have time for one more thing. Um, have you seen the Mission Space new green mission? I have. I also have. <laughs> <laughs> and I like... So, okay, so Mission Space got went down for a refurb, and the orange, more intense mission, now called Mars... Got new, you know, got refurbed, I think, um, inside the inside the cabin, got refurbed joysticks and buttons and stuff. But they also got HD video. And the actual movie didn't change, but it... Well, it did, because now Gina Torres is doing all of the, the talking, because right. Gary Sinise got kicked out. <laughs> Good old Lieutenant Dan is no more. Right, but by by and large, it was unchanged. Right, so orange is orange is basically unchanged, and it looks a lot better. Um, but green went from just being a non-spinning version of the orange one to being its its whole own thing, where you just kind of blast off and orbit the Earth, and then land. And well, okay, so I've only I, I haven't seen the pre-show for that one. I've only seen the deal, but I assume that they're you know much like with Mars. There is some mission involved because, you know, during during the the Earth one, they say something about, you know, bringing the ground cameras online or something like that. So I'm assuming that you have some mission where you're taking pictures of stuff or, you know, there there is some purpose to it. We just didn't sit down and watch the pre-show. So therefore, we we're not sure what your mission is. Right. But whatever it is, it, it involves circling the globe. And then coming back to Florida, right? <laughs> and yes, and that's all. It's really boring. I mean, it's really boring. Like, and I, I haven't, I haven't been on it, but boy, that is just not. I don't, I don't know why they thought that was that was a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that just, so <sighs> you say you say it's really boring, but you are getting like. 10% of the experience because you you sat down in your you know your chair or whatever and you watched a video on the internet of it so you weren't you know you weren't in the capsule it's not moving around you're not I just I don't I and here's the thing I'm not saying that it's not boring I'm just saying I don't know that we can we can assess it as boring with, without actually having done it I think well, okay, so I don't mean it's boring so much as like I don't know the w- where movement is concerned. I just mean there's like there's not nearly as much plot to it 
The Mars one, you have you don't need to see the pre-show to know what your mission is. You you get pretty early on. We're going to Mars, and like things happen. You go through that asteroid field, even the very ending thing where you land and you almost fall off the edge of the of the cliff. Hashtag things, spoilers. <laughs> things happen in the Mars mission, and my problem with the green one is. Other than liftoff and landing, nothing really happens. You know, you go over, um, oh, you know what it is? Mars is plot-driven, and Earth is Gina Torres talking-driven. It's all dialogue-driven. Like, you, you wouldn't know what was happening in the Earth one if Gina wasn't telling you what was happening. And I think, that's, I think that's my problem, is that, like, it's not interesting to me and and i would definitely say i think pretty uh objectively that it is not as interesting as the mars one and i think that's a shame because i think you could have done some interesting stuff like with maybe saying hey we're gonna blast off into space and test this rocket or like we have this new technology that lets us, you know, maneuver more more agilely in space. So we're going to test it, or something like that to give. And maybe that's what, and maybe that's exactly what they told us in the pre-show. You're going to test the new X2 rocket. The new version yeah. of the X2 rocket is going up for a test. For a test, we're just going to run it around the the Earth and bring it back down. Yeah, but even still, I mean, that's not that's not the narrative that they. That's not the narrative that they they say in the attraction itself. But you know, I, regardless of what the pre-show is, that's not the narrative they're they're pushing inside the ride. Yeah, but I think the other thing that we have to take into account here is that you are you are trying to compare and, and we are all trying to compare the orange more intense mission with the green less intense mission. Right? So they can't they just can't do as much stuff, you know? You can't have the asteroid field where it's over and over again because then you aren't true to the less intense aspect of it, I think. I think they realize that, you know, if people, if we tell people less intense, we really have to mean less intense. And thus we end up with a different version. To me, looking at the video, it felt like a different version of Soren. Yeah, no, that's though, exactly what it feels like. Though with the though with the addition of, as you said, a lot of Gina Torres, what which I think is necessary because somebody has to be telling you what you're seeing, you know? Yeah. But you're flying over the Hawaiian Islands. All right. Look, that's Italy. And now you're gonna be flying over India. Okay, now we're coming up over yes, and I know I'm not doing these things in order. Please don't send me a tweet telling me how horrible my geography is. Uh, you know, now we're flying over Paris, the city of lights. Oh, look, here's the, you know, the Aurora Borealis, however she decided to put that, you know. So you you have to have somebody tell you because unlike Soren, you can't just immediately recognize these things. Uh, and I think that has to do with the the way that you're seeing a lot of the a lot of it. Yeah, I just think that they could have done something that was way less driven by exposition. I was kind of excited when I saw the other X2 launching because I thought, ooh, we're going to like almost hit it and have to dodge it or something. Yeah, that would have been great. And you don't have to have, you don't have to have spinning, you know? You can have a little bit of 
of danger. I mean, like movies like Toy Story, Buzz gets knocked out the window. I mean, it's 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 not it's it's intense in that like, whoa, he just fell out of the second story window. Or like when when we go into Sid's room and see all the crazy toys, like these are these are things that are made for kids and people who want, you know, a less intense experience at the movies, but they're not they're not boring and you don't have Woody saying, Whoa, okay, now we're in Sid's room and this is Sid's bed and here's some scary toys that we're all scared of. Look how weird that baby on the erector set is. You know, and it just I don't know. I feel like they could have done something that wasn't so exposition driven that didn't have Gina talking so much and and make it a a little more interesting than just let's let's transit the earth once and be done bye and land in a little bit of weather so that way we have an excuse for the joysticks that we put in front of you right so at the same time mars mars you know the the oh we you know you can't land that. It's just an, it's a let's have an excuse to use some joysticks we put in front of you so that you can feel like you're actually a part of this. Not you're just experiencing something happening around you. Sure. You're not you're not just in a movie. Yeah. So, OK, Peter Pan's flight. Super not intense at all, but still much more interesting than the green mission like the earth mission of the new mission space. Okay. But if you take the IP out of Peter Pan's flight, is it interesting anymore? Well, I mean, look, you're flying over a, you're flying over a a pirate ship. Look, you're flying over a waterfall area. Oh, look, you're flying over London. I don't, I don't feel like that's fair though, because if you take out the IP, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's not what they designed that attraction to be Peter Pan. If you took out, the entire if you gutted it kept the ride vehicle the same and made it into something that was designed to not be ip based maybe you know like you all i'm saying is you can make a not intense attraction more interesting than what they did with mission space especially when you're you have zero constraint like zero physical constraint and you can just you can do anything you want with video. It it this is disappointing to me. All you're saying is you wanted you wanted more Uga Chaka. And I mean, come on, dude. They're building that two buildings over, okay? Come on. Yeah, why isn't this a Guardians of the Galaxy dance party trip around the world? That's all uh, I'm saying. All of a sudden, like Tony Stark flies across flies right next to you for a minute and Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It should be all cartoony and See, you just awesome. wanted more IP. I know, because you compared it to Peter Pan's flight. That's all you're looking for. <laughs> you're like, where is my IP? Come right, on. Right. Either that or yes. I and and here's the thing. I do see your point. Again, I'm just hesitant to I I will say this. Based on the video, the video was pretty boring to me. I just don't know if it would be better experiencing it in the actual attraction, because, you know, I, I still remember watching the new video for, uh, for star tours and thinking, well, that's kind of boring, but realizing that I was missing out on a lot of it because I wasn't, because it's not, it's not just a movie that you're experiencing. 
So I wasn't getting the full experience. So that's the that's the primary reason I I choose to reserve judgment. And again, I felt I feel like maybe they're a bit more limited by you know non intense, and therefore we can't really you know we're trying to decide exactly how much we can get away with even moving this simulator because we got to move it some or else it's just watching a movie. But if we move it too much, people are going to get upset because we said not intense. Um, you know, I I I assume all of those things were taken into account uh, when making this. But yeah, I, I, I will speak more freely about the boringness after my, you know, my next trip, which unfortunately is not planned yet. But whenever the next trip is, I will be riding green uh, earth so that I can then definitively say, yeah, that was boring. Uh, and then I can jump on the, the hate train with you. It will no doubt be better when you're riding it. Um, I just... Again, it all you, you want you you see you see wasted at, at least to your to your eye you see wasted potential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast, and you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and until then, have a magical day. Mm-hmm.